Welcome to Real Women, I'm Michelle McLean. Imagine today that you're going to a friend's house for coffee to catch up after a really long time. But as soon as you reach the front door of your friend's house, you see a massive boulder blocking the front door. Now, I don't know about you, but I live in the Rocky Mountains, so the boulders here are huge. I mean, this boulder has crushed the front porch and there's no getting around it. The ring camera is completely out of view, so she can't be notified that you're there. And of course, that's the day that you left your cell phone at home. The only way to reach your friend is to somehow remove that boulder. So how would you do such an, a seemingly impossible task? In today's part four of our prayer series, Seven Ways to Intensify Your Prayer Life, we dive into the first very important prayer that will intensify your prayer life. It's the purging prayer. The purging prayer is the prayer of repentance, and sin is like a giant boulder completely blocking access to God when we have not dealt with our sin properly. Today, we're going to discuss how sin affects us and what we can do about it. Now, since we've covered some key truths about having a right relationship with God in our prayer life, we have learned a really important truth between the difference of God and ourselves, and that is God is holy. Now, if you've downloaded your notes, um, this is the first point, so make sure you go to www.realwomenofgod.com and you'll find them under the resource tab. You also will find a free printable prayer journal there as well. So the first point, God is holy. Leviticus 19.2 says, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord God, am holy. So God is holy and we are not. If we go back to that experience in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had this one command, do not eat from this particular tree. Now all the other trees were up for the picking, but of course temptation came in, they, they caved to sin, and then sin entered the world. So what exactly is sin? Well, the meaning of sin is missing the mark. A few summers ago, my family got bag toss or cornhole. Uh, we use it for camping and backyard fun. There's one objective really in playing cornhole. You throw your bag of corn into your opponent's bullseye on a simple board that has a hole cut in it. Now, if your bag doesn't make it, it's a mess. And if your bag manages to get into the hole, you score a point. That's really the same thing with our sin. If we miss the mark God established for us, his holy commands, we sin. God is holy and perfect in every way, and we are not. Now, because Adam and Eve sinned, they changed the trajectory of the world for all of us. We are born apart from God, and we're born into sin. Our human nature is to sin, and we care first and foremost for ourselves, and we seek to bring pleasure and comfort to ourselves. Romans 3.23 reminds us that we're all sinners. It says, for all have sinned and fall short the glory of God. Now, when our hearts are not right with God, his will for us, or his commands, we fail to bring him glory, and we're guilty of sinning. We miss the mark. So what happens when we sin? Well, when we sin, we're affected in a few key ways, and we're going to go through that today. The first, sin damages our relationship with God and others. If we reflect on the Ten Commandments found in Exodus 20, we see that four of the ten are about our relationship with God, and the other six are about our relationship with his people. Relationships are important to God. If we want to intensify our relationship with God, we need to step up our relationship with him and his people. All of these sins have one thing in common. Sin is a heart condition, which we desire to elevate ourselves and fulfill our own selfish desires. Sin is rebelliousness from God and what he desires for us. We are terribly rebellious as a people. Just take a read through the passages of the Bible and know that sin has been in the heart of every man since Adam. Now, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, you know, I'm a pretty good person. I don't really sin that much. 
Just take another read through Exodus 20 or maybe even Matthew 5, 21 through 48. Jesus expanded on those Ten Commandments, letting us know that our sin starts in our heart. Jesus knew that sin originated in the heart, and he said when asked what the greatest commandment was in Matthew 22, 37 through 39, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. So as Jesus pointed out, we are to lead with love. We love God as our priority, and we love others second. So that naturally puts us in the position of loving ourselves last. So it's not that we don't love ourselves at all. It's just that we keep it in line where it should be. Sin is a heart condition. And so when we get that message mixed up, it's because we've reprioritized things. Now, Jesus further notes in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my command commandments. So in our love for God, we are to obey him. We need to trust him and his will and his commands for us. If our heart is not in the right place because we've sinned against another, or maybe we've sinned directly against God, we cause damage in the relationship, and that causes a separation between us and God. Now, because God is holy, we are separated from him when we sin. Isaiah 59, 2 tells us, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. In this damaged relationship and separation, naturally, God will not be able to attend to our prayers. So the second point in how sin is affecting us is, two, sin destroys our attempts at prayer. Proverbs 28.9 says, He who turns his ear from listening to the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Basically, when we live out against God's will and disobedience, our prayers are disgusting to God. Isaiah 1.15 says, So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yet, even you, when you multiply your prayers, I will not listen. God does not hear us when we're not in a right relationship with him. We cannot think that he's going to give us what we want or need when we are out of step with him. If we want to have a relationship with God, we need to have a good prayer life. We need to deal with our sin. So the last point is three, sin destines us for death. Unfortunately, the relationship is damaged and there's separation. And it can cause a lot of heartache and eternal consequences if we don't deal with sin properly. The Bible tells us in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Ephesians 2.1 says, You are dead in your trespasses and sins. What exactly does this all mean and why is it important? Well, Acts 17.31 tells us, He has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. We will all come to judgment one day. We will either enter heaven or hell for the decisions that we make in our hearts and our lives here on earth. God doesn't want that for us, though. He hasn't destined us through death. Instead, God invites us to him. He desires a relationship with us and does not want that separation. 1 Timothy 2.4 speaks of this in saying, He desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. God invites us to come to him. He loves us and wants to spend eternity with him. God is truth, and he wants man to know no truth, no goodness, love, or eternity will be apart from him. He wants us to be saved from that ultimate consequence of death. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says, For God has not destined us for wrath, but obtaining salvation through Lord Jesus. So we face a decision. What will we do about this separation? How will we remove this giant boulder in front of us? Well, we need to remove the boulder. In order to remove that barrier that hinders us and that intensive and personal relationship in our prayer life, we need to pray this purging prayer of repentance. The purging prayer rids us from sin, and it's the prayer of repentance. 
When we pray, we need to, one, repent of sin. That invitation to repent, to come to God, is repeated throughout the, the Bible. Jesus invites us in Matthew 4, 17, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Peter, one of the disciples, says in Acts 2.38, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repenting of our sins means we decide in our heart to turn away from those selfish human desires that come so naturally to us. We need to ask God to forgive us of our sins and truly mean it. That requires a humility and an admission of our failures. There's no room for pride in going to God and forgiveness. We must go to him and completely surrender the excuses, blaming, and defending that we might feel tempted to do. He knows that we've been wronged and he will deal with those who hurt us. But he needs us to humbly confess our sins and take care to banish that barrier separation that's between us. It's also important to note that we need to forgive others for sinning against us as well. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 12 through 15, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Ooh, uh-oh. If we don't forgive others, then we're not forgiven. So we cannot hold on to that anger or that resentment. It's sinful. We need to let go and surrender to the one who forgives us. Thankfully, when we pray for our forgiveness, we're given it. We are told in Psalms 103.12, As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. We are forgiven, friends, and it is a complete forgiveness, a healing, restoration that only God can provide. We are made whole again, and we are made pure, and it feels so good. The second thing we need to do is accept Jesus as Lord in our life. Repenting means that we must accept a new boss, so to say. Instead of following our own selfish desires, we need to accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord of our life. We need to submit to his authority. Jesus is the only way to heaven. John 14, 6 reads, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. We must have a relationship with him. If we desperately need the forgiveness of a Savior, there's just nothing that we can do to earn our place in heaven. So we need Jesus. No good deeds will ever earn us a place there. We could attend church every Sunday of our lives, read our Bible and pray often. But if we fail to surrendering to the saving grace of Jesus and what he did on that cross for us, we will not enjoy eternity in heaven. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, and not as a result of works, so that they may have, so that no one may boast. We need to ask for forgiveness within the deepest part of our heart. We need to confess that he is Lord over our lives. In God's great love and plan for us, he provided a means for us to be united with him. He sent his son to fulfill the consequence for sin being death. We can obtain our salvation through faith in Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God gave us this perfect sacrifice, his beloved Son. And that was a great sacrifice, and he did it for us. We must place our faith in Jesus. If you're not sure where you stand with God, this message is for you, so listen up. We must repent of our sin. We must confess that Jesus is our Lord and submit to him. We also need to let the whole world around us know that he is ours and we are his. We must be born again. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Being born again means that we are fulfilling the ordinance that Christ laid out for us to partake in immersion baptism. In repenting of our sin, confessing Jesus as Lord, and going down in that water, we're born again and forever his. There are so many benefits of repenting and accepting Jesus as our Lord. So number three, enjoy the benefits. When we take a dip in that water, we're demonstrating a death to our selfish ways. When we rise out of that water, we become alive in Christ and a new creation to live eternally. As 2 Corinthians 5.17 and 1 John uh, 2.25 says, We have redemption through the blood of Christ and forgiveness of our sins, according to Ephesians 1.7. No matter how deep we were in that sin or how awful it truly was, no matter how many years that we were far away, we are brought near to Christ by his blood, according to Ephesians 2.13. We are sealed with a promise with the Holy Spirit upon accepting Christ. The Spirit serves as our seal of redemption and guide to how to respond in life, according to Ephesians 1.13-14 and John 14.26. We'll speak more on that later. We will be raised up with Christ and we'll sit with him in heaven according to Ephesians 2, 5, and 6. We become a part of God's family and citizens in heaven according to Ephesians 2, 19. When we get to heaven, we will partake in an inheritance, says Ephesians 1, 11. There is so much more that I can go on on this, but the benefits of repenting, accepting, accepting Jesus as our Lord, and baptism are endless and eternal. If you've already been saved, then you know of these many benefits and you're living that life out in a new creation, being sanctified to the likeness of Christ. Still, we must keep going to God with our forgiveness of our sins so we have a right relationship with him. So ladies, we must face our boulder and get to the heart of the issue of that separation with God. Getting to the right relationship with God requires us to humbly confess our sins. We need to pray that he align our hearts with his will. We need to live in the will of God. But here's the cool thing. God already knows our sins. It's no new news to him. He knows the sin. He's just waiting on our faithful obedience to humbly accept him and come to him, showing our dependence on him. So number four is that we need to receive the reconciliation. God seeks to heal our broken hearts and failing relationships. He's a God of reconciliation. After we're reconciled to him, we have that closeness. He greets us with wide open arms, and God will again hear our prayers once we pray that purging prayer. Proverbs 15, 29 tells us, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. And John 9, 31, We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears him. Now, if today's message spoke to your heart about your own salvation, I want to invite you to reach out to me in prayer. I would love to pray over you and your decision to reconcile yourself to God. He's waiting for you. Now, if you do not have a home church, find one so you can join in the body of Christ and share in that decision that you made. Next in our message of our seven ways to intensify our prayer life series, we discuss praying our petitions in a pleasing way before the Lord, so don't miss it. In the meantime, like and share this message with friends. Subscribe for updates in the next message and drop me a message for a prayer request and find Real Women with Michelle on social media. Download that prayer journal and get talking to God. He wants to hear from you. I'll close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come to you today in desperate need of Jesus. We're a rebellious people in our sin, Lord, and we desire to come near you and we want you to hear our prayers, Lord. So God, reveal to us the places in our hearts that need to be cleansed. Please forgive us and as we seek you and humbly confess our sins. I pray, Lord, for the woman who is listening today that is desperately needing saving. I pray that she feel your warm embrace as she's repenting and accepts Jesus into her heart. And I pray that the woman who's struggling to know if she has eternity in heaven or not, that she simply go to you now and repent and accept you as her own. 
we want to be near you, Father, and we want to have that relationship, and we desire a closeness. I want to experience the so many benefits that you've given us. Lord, thank you for being our good, good Father and loving us enough to send your only Son for our reconciliation. God, we want you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, I will see you soon. In the meantime, read your Bibles, ladies. It's the best source of truth in this world. Bye-bye. Thank you.